0: This week is Parshas Acharei Mos and Kedoshim. It's another double Parsha. It's our second back-to-back double Parshas. Four Parshas in two weeks. And these Parshas are pretty incredible because it continues with the flavor of Leviticus, of a lot of ritualistic laws. For example, it starts off with the laws of Yom Kippur, very detailed instructions of what happens on Yom Kippur in the Holy of Holies and the whole procedures that the Kohen Gadol has to do. But Kadoshim, the second parsha, is a very unique because it talks about matters of holiness. It begins with the idea you have to be holy. What does holiness ever mean, of course, is, is somewhat of a mystery to us. But it gives us a mitzvah after mitzvah in rapid succession, a speed round of mitzvahs with one incredible mitzvah after another. What I want to look at today is chapter 19, verse 18, which I believe is the most famous verse in the whole Torah and that of course is because it was like all of like many of our good ideas it was plagiarized by other religions and I'll read the verse in Hebrew and then we'll see what we could understand and learn from it because I think there's a very powerful lesson in this verse don't take revenge upon your fellow man and it gives two ways of revenge there's two kinds of revenge. The way Rashi explains, there's revenge, where someone does something bad to me, I do something bad in return. And there's a second form of revenge, where someone does something bad to me, I do something good in return, but I say, I'm better than you. You did something bad for me yesterday, I'm going to do something good for you today. That's also a prohibited form of revenge. But the verse con- concludes, l'reyacha You should love your fellow as yourself, Ani. Hashem I am Hashem and I think of all the mitzvot in the Torah perhaps this one of loving your fellow as yourself is maybe the most difficult one to fulfill I think not just because it's so hard to love other people but also because it's not it's not specific it's not like an, it's not an action it's more of like emotion the Torah could tell me put on tzitzit, put on fillin Affix some as on your door on your doorpost. Observe Shabbos. These are the laws. This is what you need to do. Take the steps, and you do the input. You get the output. Study Torah. Say prayers. Send away the mother bird. The mitzvahs are actionable. You do this, and you fulfill the mitzvah. Here, we're not told what to do. We're not told how to behave. We're told to have a certain emotion. And I think in our society there is a term that is ubiquitous. To fall in love. It seems like that implies that it's something that happens by chance. You fall into it. You stumble into love. And therefore, it's very hard for us to understand how is it reasonable for the Torah to tell us that we have to love our fellow as ourselves. Now, if that was just one mitzvah, it would be one question. But in addition, we're also told that this is not just any mitzvah. This is a very important mitzvah. This is a mitzvah that's equal to all the Torah combined. This is a klal gadol but This is a major principle of all Torah. When Hillel was approached by the convert on one foot, teach me all of Torah, the, the convert asked, and Hillel tells him, sanil that the you hate don't do to your fellow man, i.e. love your fellow as yourself. I think there's something here in the Torah and the way the Torah is telling us this mitzvah and the expectation that we can fulfill this mitzvah, I think it really is going to unlock for us a tool that is incredibly valuable in all kinds of ways. So let's just understand what, what we're trying to figure out over here. We're told, kamocha. It doesn't say love your fellow. It says love your fellow to a certain degree. How much will I have to love my fellow? Kamocha, as yourself. What does that mean? So what it means is, according to the accepted understanding, is that not necessarily you have to love your fellow as much as I love myself. say I love myself a thousand units of love, I have to love my fellow a thousand units of love too. No, it's not what it means necessarily. What it means is you have to love your fellow in the same manner, in the same way, the same type of love that you give to yourself, give to your fellow. So, so what does that mean? Suppose there's someone who's your fellow man. When I say man, of course, I mean human, not man, not woman, not the man as opposed to woman. So there's someone that you know and you don't really like them. But you know what? The Torah says I have to love them. So you clench your nose and you ignore your feelings of revulsion and you love them. You have not fulfilled the mitzvah. You don't love yourself Because you were commanded to love yourself, it's not like we got a list. Okay, I love myself. Okay, duly noted. It's a mitzvah. I love myself. No, we love ourselves naturally, instinctively, intuitively. Naturally, from the beginning of our lives, we are programmed. We're wired to love ourselves. We have to love our fellow man in that same manner. So this, of course, makes our problem more difficult. Not only are we told we have to love someone, but we're also told That means to have a natural love, the way we love ourselves. And that seems to be very difficult to fulfill. And the question that I want to dwell upon here is, it seems like the Torah is insinuating that it's possible. Obviously, if it wasn't possible to fulfill this mitzvah, we wouldn't have this mitzvah. That's a basic rudimentary premise, that we have to operate under. The Torah obviously tells us things that are possible to do. Can't tell us things that are not possible for us to do. That's not reasonable to expect us to do something we can't do. Obviously, there is some way, there is some formula that we could follow that will make this possible. There is a, there are steps that you could do to make sure that the goal of loving your fellow as yourself in the same way that you love yourself, it's possible. And I think that if we could discover what this formula is, it's it's doubly beneficial. Of course, it's beneficial because well, there's a mitzvah of the Torah, and every mitzvah is precious, and every mitzvah is important, and every mitzvah is mandatory, and every mitzvah is immutable, and every mitzvah is a requirement that we have to abide by, we have to upkeep. And therefore, if I could discover, if I could tell you the secret of this formula, the love formula, how to love someone as yourself, how to love someone emotionally, how to love someone naturally, if I teach you that, if we discover that, then we're able to fulfill the mitzvah. But in addition, I think, I think this is an area in which our society struggles mightily. It's no secret. You don't need to be uh, a social scientist or a statistician uh, or a deep surveyor of human relationships to know that unfortunately in our world, it happens all the time where people say to their spouse that I'm going to love you till death do us part and then they renege on that commitment. Everyone knows people who have gotten divorced. Everyone knows people who were in, lo- in love, quote unquote, who fell in love. And somehow fell out of it. And that, of course, is, is tragic and it's sad and it's painful and it's expensive and it's a cause of undue human suffering. So if we can figure out this formula, it'll help us not only fulfill the mitzvah, but also the people that we pledge to love at, to love till death to us will be able to fulfill it. So what I want to talk about is what is this love formula? What are these steps that we can do? What is this attitude that we can adopt? What are these thoughts that we can practice that will enable us to love our fellow as ourselves? Now, every time I talk about this, I get the same question. And that is, well, do you need to love Nazis and Hitler? And the answer is no. When it says love your fellow as yourself, it's talking about your fellow. This is your fellow man. This is the, not the egregious sinner and uh, orchestrator of genocide. It means a regular person, someone who's part of your nation, someone who's not necessarily your best friend, but he's your fellow. He's your fellow man. Such a person you need to love. And I want to answer that question what this love formula is. But I think before we answer it, a second item to note is that whatever it is, it's our formula. And it's a formula for ourselves. It's not a formula for someone else. We all know, maybe we don't live by it, but we all know that the only person you could truly change is yourself. We know that. Of course, people futilely try to change other people. But in truth, the only person you could really change is yourself. The Torah is telling you, do something. Love your fellow as yourself. It's talking to us. Not talking to other people. It's talking to us. It's not telling all our fellow men, make yourself lovable so that Yaakov Walby could love you. That's not what the mitzvah is. It's talking to me and to you and to everyone. You have to find a way to love everyone. Not by changing them, but by changing you. By adopting some sort of idea, some sort of attitude, some sort of perspective, some sort of outlook, some sort of mindset that makes love of other people not only possible, but easily manageable and doable. So I want to explain based upon a definition of love that was codified by the great Rabbi Noah Weinberg of blessed memory who founded and headed the Eshet Torah. He used to always say this, and he said this thousands of times, maybe tens of thousands of times. He said there's a definition that Judaism has for love. What's the definition of love? Definition of love, according to Rabbi Weinberg, is the pleasure of, that someone experiences when they recognize the virtue in another person and they identify that person with those virtues. So again, what is love? Love is the good feeling you get when you notice and you recognize and you identify and you isolate the positive character and the virtue of another person and you identify them with those virtues. And I think this is the key to unlocking this whole idea. Every single person to ever grace the Almighty's planet is a collection of positive and negative character. Virtues, parts about them that are admirable, parts about them that are objectively good, and parts of them that are bad. That is the human condition. Everyone has something remarkable, everyone has something outstanding, everyone has something good, and everyone something bad about it. We're all a collection. We're all a basket of positive and deplorable characteristics. If everyone has both positive character, virtues, and flaws, that means everyone is simultaneously easily lovable. Means if you could just isolate the good, everyone would love such a person. And if you could just isolate the bad, everyone would hate this person. So every person is capable of being loved and being hated. Every person. The only question is, which of these are you going to choose when you identify the person? Means you have to, to love someone, you have to isolate, you have to understand, you have to identify their characteristics that are good but then you have to apply that characteristic to the totality, to the aggregate of who they are. You have to assign them, you have to label them. This person is good because of X, Y, and Z that I discovered within them that they are good. Now, the problem is, is that by default, we're predisposed to do the opposite. We're wired to easily notice another person's bad character and bad behavior and immediately affix upon them the label of bad. Whereas it's much harder for us to notice the good in other people. And the way to do it is to love your fellow as yourself. Not only is that the instruction, that's also the way to accomplish it with ourselves ourselves. If we're honest, we'll admit that we too are a basket of good and bad character traits. Yet, we love ourselves. How could you love yourself? If you knew that you are a terrible person and you were objective about it, you'd hate yourself. Why do we love ourselves naturally? The answer is, is because we view ourselves as being generally good because we do this filtering of saying, okay, yes, I do have some bad things about me, but overall, it's good. And the bad things, they don't happen so often. They're not who I really am. That was an aberration. I was tired. I had a bad day. I didn't sleep that well. And I, we have a million excuses for ourselves. Thanks. Torah says, love your fellow as yourself. Just afford to them the same flexibility and the same generosity and the same benefit of the doubt that you give yourself and you will love your fellow as yourself. The great Rabbi Rocham Levavitz would say, suppose you have a chest, a box, and in it there are moldy, rotten fruits that have been there, worms, and just disgusting. Been there forever. But, on the bottom of that box, there's one large, shiny diamond. How valuable is that box? So most of us would we'll say it's very, very valuable. But it smells, but it stains, but it's disgusting, but it's putrid, but it's... Doesn't matter. In totality, it's very, very valuable. And therefore, when someone has a bad characteristic, of course, it's a rotten fruit, it's a rotten egg, it's a rotten apple. It's disgusting. It's repugnant. But you know what? That should not detract from the sparkling diamonds that they have within them. Yes, they're a mixed bag, but we have to pay attention to the diamonds that are within us or else we'll hate ourselves. And we all do that love your fellow as yourself. I want to just add in conclusion to this idea. It's not easy for us to do this. It's not we're 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 wired to have the exact opposite. We're wired to love ourselves and hate others. Why? Because all that stems from what we notice. We notice our own good when you do something good, you're like, wow, like, give me the plaudits. Let's hear the lauding. I, I deserve. They should put, put up signs everywhere. I did a good deed. And when you do bad stuff, God will forgive me. God understands. Everyone has bad days. This this happens, but it's not. it doesn't happen consistently. There's a million rationalizations that we could make, but we still are able to view ourselves positively. But by design... We are wired to see the bad in someone else, and the good doesn't jump out. And that is really the crux of this idea. Love It's about as yourself. You have to remove the differentiation between how you treat yourself and how you treat others. There is an amazing Talmud in the book of uh, in the book of Nidarm, it's the Talmud Yerushalmi, Jerusalem Talmud. It connects it this whole idea to the previous part of the verse. The previous part of the verse says, "Don't take revenge um, from from the people of your of your of your of your nation. Love your fellows yourself." What does not taking revenge have to do with loving your fellows yourself? So obviously, loving your fe- not taking revenge. If you lo- you won't take revenge against yourself, so that will be an example. There's a million things that could be an example of loving your fellows yourself. Why does it bring this one? So the Talmud says something very striking. It says, suppose you have a butcher. And the butcher is working with a very sharp knife. And he's hacking away at the meat. And by mistake, he doesn't realize that his finger or his hand or his wrist or something like that is under the blade. And with his right hand wielding the knife, he injures his left hand. So the left hand is now bleeding. What does the butcher not do? The butcher doesn't pick up the knife in his left hand and get revenge by slashing the right hand. That never happens. Because even though your right hand caused damage to your left hand, that doesn't warrant that you should cause even more damage to yourself by hacking away on your right hand. That's what the mitra says. That's what it means to love your father, as yourself. As yourself, ultimately, really, we are all one entity where all the souls are really united. All the souls stemmed from, from Adam. We we're all part of one soul, but certainly, certainly the Jewish nation, they are really ultimately one souls that are spread out into different, uh, different bodies. But in the soul level, we're all one. And therefore, the Torah is encouraging us live as a soul. Recognize that it's only because of your body that you're separate from other people. On your soul, if you would just isolate your soul, you would realize that indeed you two are, in fact, not just one, you're two halves of one whole. You're the right hand and the left hand. Of course, now it makes a lot of sense why this is all of Torah on one leg. That's what Torah is. Torah is the guide for us how to live as a soul. What's the ultimate manifestation of that? Kalal Gadol Torah, a great principle that encompasses all of Torah? How to have a condensed version of Torah? Balancing on one leg? Love your fellow as yourself, live as a soul, and recognize that you and your fellow Jew are the right hand and the left hand of the same entity. You do that, well, there's no difference. Your fellow is yourself. Of course, if you love yourself, you will love your fellow.